Okay, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 371. Welcome in. Uh, it's my first ever episode from Hawaii. I do, I can already hear in my ears, it's a bit echoey in here. There's already, like, let me be very, very clear. If you're watching on YouTube, behind me, there's a lot of stuff clearly that we need to fix. I've got lights, they're not turned on. I'm still figuring out how to use this face best. It's echoey. I think I can fix that in post, but we'll see. I'm doing my best. Uh, doing the very best. It's been a long time, and I'm doing the very best I can in a brand new studio, in a room that... Literally, I, I opened the mic and, and set it up like 15 minutes ago, so I've never actually recorded in this space ever before this very moment. Doing my very best. Um, now, my desk was set up a couple days ago. I've been spending that time re-watching and kind of trying to catch up on the NFL preseason, what's going on. In today's episode, we're going to talk about young quarterbacks in the NFL preseason. We will talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, i got a couple of questions we'll finish with for Ask Zach. Uh, I do want to just give a heartfelt message first to start the show. I have nothing prepared, but I want to say thank you. Um, I, it's been insane, right? Moving across the ocean, literally over 2,000 miles uh, with, I mean, you see a couple totes behind me if you're watching on YouTube. Like, all my stuff was in those totes, a couple suitcases, and we had our cats. Like, that's, it was insane what we pulled off. Feels kind of like a heist movie, and... I just want to say thank you. I go swimming every single day, whether I'm moving or recording or working. I literally try to take my lunch break or an evening swim. I go to the lagoon uh, where we live in Hawaii, and I go swim every single night or every single lunch break. And I am certainly not the richest man in the world by any account, uh, but I think I might be the happiest. And I just want to say thank you. Like, you guys made that possible. I've got... I live in the most wonderful place in the entire world. I'm, I'm so, so thankful to be here. We have a tiny apartment. It's... Everything we need and literally nothing else, but that's plenty for me, and I'm very, very happy. So I just want to say thank you so, so very much from the bottom of my heart. Uh, thank you to you guys for supporting the show, making it possible for us to come here. Uh, and I hope that over the next couple of weeks, you'll see the show evolve, get even better production quality, like lighting and audio. It'll all get better. Give it time. Uh, I do want to start today, though, with this. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers quarterback. So let's jump in. A couple things have happened recently that have impacted my thoughts on the Green Bay Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Number one, Peter King, who is a highly respected NFL reporter, wrote a column about Aaron. He described Aaron, the word he used was Zen, Z-E-N. And I, I don't know, the column he wrote made me really like Aaron. I think for a long time, I, I've looked at everything Aaron has done and been like, mm, I don't like that. And it's very possible it's all been confirmation bias. Like, basically, people see whatever they want to see. If you want to see negative in Aaron Rodgers' story, you can. If you want to see positive, you can. And so I, I try to be as fair as I possibly can. And reading the column made me reflect on everything Aaron's done and reflect on who Aaron is. And I, honestly, this, this column made me really like Aaron Rodgers. He gave a quote that I'll read in a moment. It's, it's phenomenal. I'll read it in a second. Uh, I also do, there's a bit of information I need to kind of catch people up on if you haven't somehow heard it already. Aaron recently put on his Instagram story a message basically lobbying for the Green Bay Packers to sign Clay Matthews, a veteran linebacker, a guy who used to play for the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers GM came out, he said, you know, we have not had any conversations about doing that. And so the question was, why would Aaron do that publicly? Why would Aaron 
put out a message saying, hey, can we get my, my buddy, this guy I really like, Clay Mathis, can we bring him in? And why didn't Aaron approach the Green Bay Packers organization and the GM behind closed doors? In fact, a lot of people, I, I, like I was moving, I was on a plane, I was unpacking, I was setting up an apartment, but I saw lots and lots and lots of articles and opinions of people really, really being critical of Aaron for like, you say you want a better relationship, why aren't you doing this behind closed doors? And again, I've been pretty negative about Aaron Rodgers for a long, long time. I, I, I say what I believe, and I always try to be fair. And I, I want to just take a step back because I do have a question here. And, every, and everything we've seen Aaron go through, the question is, is Aaron a disgruntled employee or is Aaron actually just carefree? Because you can actually look at it both ways. And a lot of people, again, highly criticized Aaron for lobbying on his Instagram story for the Packers to go get Clay Matthews. And I do wonder, like, because I've been away from the media for a while, I haven't been making any content. I've been kind of just doing my thing. I've been thinking and thinking and thinking. And I wonder, what if people are interpreting the wrong emotion that Aaron Rodgers is giving off? He may not be upset. It may be just a situation where he's like, YOLO, you only live once. Let's see what happens. Maybe, maybe if I try this, I get to bring in my buddy Clay Matthews. And it is also true if Aaron, you know, Peter King described him as Zen. If Aaron really is carefree, which the article Peter King wrote really does make it appear like he's just trying to live his best life. That's really, really freeing. And it actually might benefit Aaron Rodgers more than ever before. I want to read you that quote Aaron Rodgers gave in the Peter King article. He said this, perspective leads to a lot of the happiness in your life. If we're looking for things to be upset about or pissed off about, I'm sure we can find them in our own life. If we're looking for what we don't have, I'm sure we can find it. But if we can focus on the one thing, if we can focus on the things we do have and the things we're grateful for, then every day can be a little more special than the last because you realize how great of an opportunity we have. I, I love that quote for so many reasons, way beyond football even. Like I look at my own life and I'm like, you know, I, every day it's, it's 80 degrees and, and warm here where I live now. And I've never had that in my entire life. Let me tell you, because of my perspective growing up in the Portland area, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, and, and also, that quote sounds like a guy who was just trying to make the best of the situation he's been dealt. He's got a situation in front of him. He doesn't really seem to like the GM. He's not really sure he'll be back next year. But he's like, man, I'm going to give everything I can to this season right now. I mean, he won the MVP last year. And so I guess my question is, week 10, week 10 is about the middle of the season. You're 10 games in. Week 10, will we see a carefree Aaron Rodgers or will we see a upset, disgruntled, glaring Aaron Rodgers who's upset at people and blaming people and unhappy? And I honestly, I'm starting to think we might see Aaron carefree and relaxed and happy. Like he, he talked multiple times about how he took the offseason to deal with some mental health stuff and he got married and maybe he just really is in the best place of his entire career where he's got himself together. I was like, look, I don't like this guy, but I can't control that I don't like the GM. All I can do is the be very best I can do and lead people the best way I can and make the best out of the situation. I really do. I know I've repeated it now, but I, I really think this could be incredibly beneficial for Aaron, actually. And I'm kind of changing my tune, I know, but that's because I've looked at this and gone, huh, this makes a lot of sense, actually. By the way, I've used this comparison before and many, many times. I've said that 
any employee in their final two weeks of a job does not give their best effort. It's really hard in a job that when you're, you, when you've quit and your eyes are set on the very next opportunity, it's hard to give everything you have for the job you currently at hand. And a couple thoughts. First of all, that's not quite parallel to working as a quarterback because Aaron wants to win. Like Aaron still, when you work as a mailman or as a cameraman or most employees, if you're working for anybody else in those final two weeks, you're thinking about yourself and it, it's hard to put your employer, the company you work for over your own best interest. However, not only is it in Aaron's best interest to do really, really well this year. So first of all, he's got a reason. Like, how does Aaron end his career in Green Bay? That matters. And for his legacy, he wants to end on a high note. And the more super, he only has a certain amount of years left in his career before it's over. He wants to make the most of every single year he has left. So he has incentive to go balls to the wall this year. Carefree, let's let it loose. I got nothing to lose. Here's the other thought. The, the key thing, everyone says in the last two weeks of a, an employee's time with a company, they're, they're kind of distracted looking ahead. What if Aaron isn't actually looking ahead, though? Because the way his contract is structured, there's no way for him to know what's going to happen next. He might get traded. They might keep him. No one can know, especially not Aaron. And it, so it's very, very possible Aaron really, truly does just let it go and say, I have no idea where this is headed. I don't know what's going to happen next in my career. All I know is I can control today and do the very best I can with what I have in this very moment. And so I look, I'm changing my tune. I think Aaron actually might have a phenomenal year. We'll see. Uh, week 10, we might see a negative bad Aaron Rodgers. We also might see a very positive, encouraging Aaron Rodgers. who was having the time of his life playing football for the Green Bay Packers. But I want to say it's very possible this whole offseason, all this stuff that's been going on and this new attitude Aaron appears to have this carefree, relaxed, laid back hey, I got nothing to lose attitude. That could really, really help the Green Bay Packers and in fact, really, really help Aaron Rodgers this upcoming season in the NFL. All right, uh, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we will talk about preseason quarterbacks and then later we will do Ask Zach. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Uh, I do already have an idea. I think maybe I'm looking at a bunch of glass in front of me. Now, it's great because it lets natural light in, but that might be the most echoey thing in this room, so that might be something I changed down the road. I already got all these ideas and thoughts, and I'll probably put noise-deadening panels along the sidewalls here. It's a tiny room. It's echoey. It's small. I'll figure it out. Doing the best I can for now. Um, let's talk about the preseason. It is now the NFL preseason, which is not my favorite time of the year. Uh, it's a lot of ugly football, but it is pretty cool because you get to see a lot of Quarterbacks play that we would not normally get to see during an NFL season. Backup quarterbacks, guys who are third string of the depth chart, guys who honestly might never ever get to play in the NFL ever again. And so let me start by saying this. It is the NFL preseason. And so take everything you see with a grain of salt. In fact, take everything I say in this topic now with a grain of salt. Because, for example, I watched Denver versus Minnesota. And Drew Locke, the Denver Broncos quarterback, looked outstanding because Minnesota didn't play any starters. Like, oh, Drew Locke has an 80-yard touchdown pass because, like, the Vikings' third string starting safety is playing and he let a guy get right, right behind him. And so context does matter. The preseason is something that 
you can't forget it's a preseason. People do that all the time. They get excited. I saw a guy today who was like, Trevor Lawrence, the most amazing start ever on Sunday. It's like, dude, it's a preseason game against the Cleveland Browns. Like, I, you can't take everything you see and say it's the most amazing thing ever. So, like, Denver starters beat the crap out of the Minnesota Vikings backups. Of course they did. But I do want to talk about the Denver Broncos quarterback battle in general because Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater – I'll be honest, Drew Locke might win the starting quarterback job in Denver, and I did not see that coming. I expected Teddy would be clearly way, way better, and he's not. I, I just it, straight up, like in camp, every article I read every day, I look at the update for Dem from Denver Broncos training camp, and they're like, it's neck and neck, it's close. Vic Fangio, their coach, is like, we don't know what's going to happen. And you watch the game, and clearly Teddy is not miles ahead of Drew Locke like I thought he might have been. And... Teddy's expected to start the second game next week. Vic Fangio said that before game one. He said, I'm going to get Drew Locke this week, Teddy Bridgewater the next game. Now, if it's tied or even close, I would start Drew Locke rather than Teddy Bridgewater because he's younger. He's got potential to be a franchise quarterback. He's got more upside. He's more talented. Like the laundry list goes on that if they're even close, I would go with Drew Locke because he's got way more potential. By the way, I do want to say it's pretty interesting the Denver Broncos rookie first-round pick corner Patrick Sertan had a pick six in this game. It was like, ooh, what a fun thing to see. So just keep your eye out for that. I think Drew Locke might be the starting quarterback in Denver, and we'll watch that position uh, battle as it continues on. Now, Kellen Mond, the Vikings rookie quarterback, played some for Minnesota. He came in in the second quarter in relief of uh, Jake Browning, the former Washington quarterback. Kellen Mond only had three practices prior to playing in the game uh, because of COVID protocol. He was just going, he only practiced three times. So I want to be very, very clear. I still maintain that Kellen Mond will develop into eventually becoming the Vikings starting quarterback. Maybe it's week eight. Maybe it's two years from now. I don't know. But at some point, Kellen Mond is going to be the guy in Minnesota. I want to, I've said that many, many times. I firmly believe that. And what I saw on Sunday only made me feel that even stronger uh, he was way better than Jake Browning, who had the Jake Browning the pick six I mentioned earlier to Patrick Sertan, and uh, Kellen Mond looks really, really good. I, I think he's the guy eventually in Minnesota. I've also watched Dwayne Haskins play not one but two games for the Pittsburgh Steelers as their young quarterback. He's a former first round pick who flamed out in Washington, got cut by Ron Rivera there last year. He played in the Hall of Fame game. Then Dwayne Haskins played in preseason Week One. And Dwayne Haskins actually looks really pretty good. I'm, I'm actually very impressed. Uh, I, I am holding out hope that he actually eventually could become the guy to replace Big Ben and become the franchise quarterback in Pittsburgh. If Dwayne had been awful in the last two games, I'd give up on that. It's in no way like it's awful. But as he does well, he holds out hope for me that he could eventually develop and become the guy long term there. He did go the wrong way on a handoff. That's not good. Uh, he had an interception that got dropped, but he also extended a play through a touchdown, did some really good stuff. Keep your eye on Dwayne Haskins. I'm still, again, holding out hope that he might develop and become the right guy. And the signs point to that being at least possible. And that's exciting to me. Now, Patriots rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, looked really, really good against Washington. It kind of blew me away. He was very accurate. He got the ball out of his hands quickly. He made a bunch of small throws underneath. Again, accuracy is the thing that stands out. You're like, man. In fact, the Patriots had a couple drops, and I want to see Mac Jones play with the starting receivers because 
the Patriots receivers missed a couple throws that I think the starters might have caught. And I go, hmm, okay. In fact, watching the Patriots' first preseason game, you saw Cam Newton, the starting quarterback, had a really ugly fumble. Mac Jones did really, really well. I know it's preseason. I don't want to overstate what I saw. But I did wonder, and I can't help but share this, and I would, I talk to you like a friend, and I talk to you the same way I would talk to my own dad. I wondered, you know, should the Patriots start Mac Jones week one? Because you know, the Patriots are kind of boring to watch. They're a team that plays really good defense. They run the ball well. And they don't need a lot from their starting quarterback. Mac Jones is the kind of guy who's not going to do anything to lose them the game, especially not now as a rookie. Cam Newton might make a crucial mistake. And so I think it's very possible. And you look at the, the battle between Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Maybe the Patriots go with Mac Jones as their week one starter, or at least very early in the year, and say, we're going to play good defense. We're going to run the ball really well. We're not going to ask too much from Mac Jones. That's how the Patriots won their very first Super Bowl with Tom Brady. And so good defense, a ball control offense. Keep your eye on that. Maybe Mac Jones does, in fact, become the starting quarterback very, very early in New England. Now, the Dolphins and Bears game. Oh, man. Uh, I love Tua, right? Tua is the only jersey I have. It's in my closet. I just saw it. It's the last thing at the end. My, my fiance and I have a, a closet. Most of like three quarters of our closet is hers. Then it's mine. And the thing that kind of the barrier between my clothes and hers is a Tua Tungavaloa jersey. Tua looked really confident, really comfortable. I think it's the best Tua has looked in his time in the NFL. Made a lot of great throws downfield. And yet, despite the praise, right? He looked comfortable. It's the best he's looked. It was still underwhelming. He had a bad interception in the end zone that really kind of is a thing that you go, ah, like he wasn't that great anyway. And then he had a really bad interception in the end zone. I love Tua. I have a Tua jersey. I live in Hawaii. But let's be honest. If Miami, if the Miami Dolphins had Justin Herbert right now instead of Tua, we'd all be talking about how Miami is a Super Bowl contender. And the fact that we're not talking about Miami as a team that can win the Super Bowl, really what it does is say a lot about Tua because every other part of that team is well-coached, is they got a great defense, they do stuff well. I mean, they, they actually are very similar to the Patriots, except that I don't know that Tua is even as good as Mac Jones, which I don't like saying that. That makes me uncomfortable. It's, I'm, I'm maybe very much overreacting to one game, but it's, it actually, that's not true because I'm reacting to last season and now one game in the preseason. And so we'll watch more. I, I want to see more from Tua as the preseason goes on. But so far, I'm like, ah, I, I love him as a person. I just wish he was more impressive as a quarterback. Now, the Bears quarterback. I loved watching Bears rookie quarterback, Justin Fields. The dude can run. And he is going to be a blast to watch in the NFL uh, by the way, kind of a weird thought, but Andy Dalton, the current veteran quarterback for the Bears, seems to genuinely really like Justin. There's no animosity, just genuine mentorship. And th the body language shows that Andy's rooting for Justin to succeed. When, when Justin got the news, hey, you're going in the game, Andy Dalton came up. And I guess the word is like he dapped him up where they like, it's like a handshake slash a hug where you're like, yeah, and then you hug the guy. You know, a one-arm hug, one-arm handshake. And it was just really cool. Like, clearly, there's some passion and excitement. Andy's rooting for Justin. And Justin Fields' ability to extend plays, 
we already thought this coming in, but it's going to cause real big problems for defenses in, in, in the NFL, where he ran for a touchdown, he threw for a touchdown, he had a play where it looked like he was going to take off running, and then he pulls up and throws like a little 12-yard pass, and the, the corner's in a bind where, do you stay with the receiver, or do you attack the line of scrimmage to tackle Justin Fields? It's a, a no-win situation, so Justin Fields looked really, really good. One start, I don't want to overreact, but one start in the preseason, I'm like, uh I cannot wait to watch more Justin Fields. Now, Jets rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, he looked good. Threw a couple of slants, didn't play very much. He was six for nine with 63 yards. Like the story here is that Zach Wilson just did not play very much at all in preseason game number one. I liked what I saw, but there's just, it's like, I can't really tell you much more. I watched what he did, but it was like, ah, he throws a good ball. I mean, what else is there? Not much. Now, I was surprised that Taysom Hill started for New Orleans in preseason game one, not Jameis Winston. Taysom Hill was solid. He had an interception, a play where receivers running across the field on a shallow crosser. Taysom Hill throws the ball, expecting him to keep running. The receiver throttles down and stops. And so that's just a miscommunication. Uh, Taysom Hill did have another interception later that got dropped. Now, Jameis Winston was not amazing either. I, I walked away going like, I don't really like either of these guys. I mean, Jameis Winston has a bigger arm. Taysom looks more polished. He's a better decision maker. Neither guy looks all that great in New Orleans. And honestly, I watched this game thinking, and the thought that came to my mind was, can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers went to New Orleans next year to play for the Saints? Like I, financially, that could never happen. The Saints could not afford it, but to watch Sean Payton coaching Aaron Rodgers would be really, really fun. And so I guess my thought is that Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston do not either of them appear to be the long-term answer. Like they'll be okay for this year. One of them will play and one of them will sit on the bench. Probably Taysom Hill will play. If he gets hurt, we'll go to Jameis, I guess, we meaning them. But I'm not that compelled by either guy, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, after one preseason game. I go like, ah, neither of these guys really blow me away and that's kind of sad because you can see it immediately or you don't and I don't see it with either of them 49ers rookie quarterback Trey Lance played on 49ers rookie quarterback Trey Lance played Trey Lance has a ton of talent in fact on his second ever throw uh last week in the preseason he had a long long touchdown pass it was fun it's kind of fun the the broadcaster tried to say Trey area like Bay Area Trey area it didn't quite land for me but it was exciting to watch um Trey Lance Really, really talented. Also has a lot of stuff he's got to work on. He looked a bit hesitant. Had some guys open underneath. Wasn't pulling a trigger on throws. He also had two interceptions that got dropped. I don't like saying this, but it is true that Mac Jones and Justin Fields were both drafted after Trey Lance both looked better than him. And so I think it's a good thing the 49ers already have Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who can start a veteran quarterback there who can play week one for the 49ers. I want to see Trey Lance play a lot next week in preseason week two. I, I don't think it's a time where you can go, ah, oh, he's terrible. Two interceptions got dropped, missing people underneath, not throwing the ball. Don't panic. It's okay. I think Trey Lance just needs time and patience. Not every quarterback is the same, but it is worth pointing out. Mac Jones and Justin Fields did play better. But again, it's very early. It's just the preseason. Everybody take a deep breath and have patience for Trey Lance. By the way, weird thought. Uh, Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold did not play at all. I thought, I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening there. I was hoping to watch him in the preseason. We'll see 
next week if he plays, but keep your eye on that because I want to watch Sam Darnold at some point in the Panthers' offense. Now, we did finally get to see Packers' second-year quarterback, Jordan Love. Because of the fact that there was no preseason last year, these were the first NFL snaps Jordan Love has ever taken. And let's be clear, he's not going to replace Aaron Rodgers anytime soon. But he looked really solid. I mean, he had a good throw to Jay Sternberger up the seam. Uh, he also, you can tell he's taken some mechanical stuff from Aaron Rodgers where he had a play-action throw over the middle to Devin Funches, and you're like, ooh, the way he turned on the ball, it looks just like Aaron Rodgers. It's very, very cool. Really, really beautiful to watch his mechanics. Uh, Jordan Love did have a fumble, got hit from behind, but I want to keep watching more from Jordan Love as the preseason goes on. And uh, finally, the last young quarterback I want to talk about that I watched in preseason week one that was of note to me. I mean, Jacob Eason was interesting. Sam Ellinger is interesting. Gardner Minshew is fun. We'll do a topic, I think, next week about Gardner Minshew. But finally, I want to talk about Jaguars rookie quarterback, the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of sad, and, and I don't, maybe symbolic, his first ever NFL play for the Jacksonville Jaguars was a sack. And you're like, is that that can't that can't possibly be symbolic of what's to come is it i don't know uh trevor looked good throws the ball well uh really i i think what's going to happen is that he's going to be very similar to joe burrow what joe burrow was last year where he's a young star quarterback that's exciting fun interesting to watch except that he plays on a bad team that's not going to win a lot of games and so Trevor didn't play very much. Uh, he did have an awesome throw to Marvin Jones, like on a deep corner. Great catch by Marvin Jones. That'll be a fun connection to watch as the year goes on. There's not no weapons in Jacksonville, but I think they're more of a team that's going to be exciting rather than a team that's going to be competitive. And there it is. It's still good that the Jaguars are going to be fun to watch. I just don't know that that's going to lead to them winning a lot of games this year either. Now, uh, as we move to preseason week two, there's a couple things I want to recommend you can look forward to watching. Uh, first of all, on Thursday, you have the Patriots at the Eagles. You get to watch more Mac Jones, the Patriots rookie quarterback. By the way, the Eagles quarterback situation is very, very interesting. You have Jalen Hurts, obviously the starting quarterback there. And then you have Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins behind him. And they're the two backups that have played. It's weird. They've played more and, and started more NFL games, Nick Mullins and Joe Flacco, each individually than Jalen Hurts ever has in his NFL career. And so, and by the way, here's a weird thought. Nick Mullins is fine, had a kind of a bad game last week. Joe Flacco's a guy who, I, I just, I'm going to let you into my thought. It's a weird thought. I, I want to share it though. Joe Flacco's 19th all time in passing yards. He has over 40,000 passing yards. He's a guy who has had a good start to his career, won a Super Bowl, was a Super Bowl MVP. And now Joe Flacco is kind of a disgraced and forgotten quarterback. And I wonder if Joe Flacco could have any kind of a Kurt Warner story arc. Remember Kurt Warner won a Super Bowl at the Rams, kind of fell away. They replaced him with Mark Bolger. He went to New York, was the backup behind Eli Manning in New York. And eventually, as time went on, Kurt Warner hung around the NFL long enough to eventually become the starting quarterback in Arizona after Matt Leinart failed, and he, he took over the starting job and led them to a Super Bowl. They lost, but he still had a really good end to his career. I, I don't know that Joe Flacco loves football enough for this to happen, but I will point out that Joe Flacco's made a ton of money in his NFL career, and yet he's still playing. Like, he could walk away. If it was all about money for Joe Flacco, he would have retired already. So clearly Joe Flacco cares enough to keep playing, 
And I wonder if history does sometimes repeat itself. Could Joe Flacco ever eventually have a Kurt Warner-like story arc where he comes in and leads a team in a deep playoff run down the road at the end of his career unexpectedly? I don't know. That's, that's a lot of stuff I just spewed at you, but that would be very, very interesting to me if Joe Flacco had a crazy story arc. Uh, now, on Saturday, the Bills play at the Chicago Bears. That is Mitchell Trubisky, the Bears' backup quarterback, returning to Chicago. Now, Jake Fromm, I think, might be the best backup quarterback not only in Buffalo, but maybe across the entire NFL. But it'll be fun to watch Mitchell Trubisky returning to Chicago. Uh, plus, you get to watch more Justin Fields. That's always a good thing. He's very exciting, very fun to watch. Jets at Packers will be fun. That's more Jordan Love. That's more Zach Wilson. Uh, we can watch Tua Tungavaloa against Atlanta. We hope. I think he's going to play. I would expect he will play a lot, get some more reps, get some more experience under his belt. The Ravens at the Panthers. I, I would th- Sam Darnold did not play in preseason week one. I, I would think he's going to play in week two. Keep your eye on that. Colts at Vikings will be really, really interesting because you have the Colts backup quarterback battle right now. It's really, really exciting between Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. They're, they're different, but they both have a lot of things that make them exciting. Sam Ellinger is this passionate, good leader. Jacob Eason's got this incredible arm, so keep your eye on the Colts' backup quarterback job. Not to mention Colts-Vikings. You get to watch the Vikings rookie quarterback, Kellen Mond. That'll be really, really fun. Uh, Broncos at Seahawks. Remember, the Broncos quarterback battle will continue in that game. Teddy Bridgewater is expected to start, but keep your eye. Who does better, Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? On Sunday, we have the 49ers at the Chargers. That's more Trey Lance and then... Uh, the Jaguars at Saints, you have four interesting quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Gardner Minshew for Jacksonville, plus Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston for New Orleans. That'll be really, really fun and really, really interesting to watch as time goes on. All right, guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back when you return. We will do Ask Zach. All right, we are back. Hope you're doing very, very well. It is now time for my favorite part of the show. It's time for Ask Zach, the segment where I read questions from the audience. In case you do not know how it works, go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. You give a dollar a month. You can give more if you want to. Please do. It literally helps pay my rent. Uh, But a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. Now, my only guarantee is I look at every single question with my eyeballs. I do not guarantee to read your question on the show, but I pick the top couple. I read them at the end of every single show. Uh, I do want to give a, a very honest admission today. I prepared, like, I, I've been going and going and going. I looked at this and I picked, like, the top couple that I felt like I could say something interesting about. And there are a couple that I, I shelved and put on a, like, read later list because I'm like, that's a really interesting question. I want to give more thought and more time into answering it. I didn't want to just, there's a couple there. I'm like, that's a really interesting question. It's just going to take a while for me to research and do some thoughts. So if I, on my most recent submission on Patreon for ask Zach, if you feel like, Hey, he snubbed me. He didn't read my question. No problem. It's probably, if it's a good one, it's on a list somewhere. I favorite all the ones I like. So I, it's a little heart emoji on Patreon. So if I've hearted your question, I'm probably going to answer it down the road, but I wanted to give it some time and thought. So just, I want to put that out there. Please don't be upset. I'm only reading, I think, five questions uh, today. And so let you know, I got more down the road coming from that long thread I really, really liked. Uh, Let me, I'm stupid. I got to open my phone and open Patreon's questions. Um, I got to say, I really, really, 
I think the natural lighting is kind of good. I, I don't know that I'm going to do it every time. I think I might do some... I got some lights here that I can do warming and darkening, and I, I'm pretty excited about They're LED lights, and they're pretty good. But anyway, that was me biding time, trying to open them. Anyway, let me read question number one. Joshua writes in, he says, how much do you pay attention to training camp videos and camp reports of players, especially rookies? A lot of information is dumped during this time as we are all starved for football content, and it's hard to sift through everything. Uh, so the main thing I pay attention to during the preseason, there's a lot of information. It's kind of an information dump time, and it's hard to know not only what to pay attention to, but what is actually worth paying attention to. And so things I kind of follow and listen to are the camp battles, position battles for starting spots, this corner against that corner. I want to know day one who's going to be playing. Remember, the thing I'm working on right now, my number one priority is going to be my, my season preview and so I'm, I'm just gathering as much information on every single team as I possibly can and, you know, trying to pay attention to who's doing really well. If there's a guy who's standout player, uh, Pat Fryermuth is doing really, really well in Steelers camp. Uh, so like a, that would be something I would probably include in my season preview. Uh, I also want to pay attention to injury reports. If a guy tears his ACL, I want to take note of that and not forget to mention that. Like if I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons and their star receiver tears his ACL, and then I do a season preview going, I can't wait to watch that star receiver. And then everyone's like, wait, he's injured. I'm like, oh, dang it, I missed that. So I'm really trying to pay attention to details like that. Any detail that can be added and used later for my season preview, that's what I'm most paying attention to right now at this time of the year. Alex writes in, he says, Zach, the NFL has come out and said that they will be cracking down on taunting. They're also taking it a step further by saying that fines and even suspensions could be in play. How do you believe this will affect the game? What are your thoughts on this? Cheers. Oh, man. Um, it's entertainment. Like, the NFL is a league designed to entertain fans and entertain people. So taunting should be allowed. I hate all these celebration penalties and taunting penalties. If you can't handle getting taunted, then play better. It's very simple. The better you are, the more you can get away with. And so I, I don't know that they should crack down on taunting. It, that's stupid. Like, I, I don't know. I, I probably not shouldn't say that I should. The kids, you got to set a good example for the kids. But also, I like taunting. If a guy has a big touchdown and he kind of makes fun of the corner, like, ha-ha, like, you suck. I, I, don't, I don't mind that. I like some trash talk. And so um, while it's probably not, like, the most politically correct answer, I'm probably supposed to say... Well, you got to set a good example. I know that's what I'm supposed to say. It's not authentic to me. I really like when people talk smack. I think it's fun. It's interesting. Like we all watch football because we like it and we want entertainment. And so I wish the NFL and, and every sports league would kind of lean into that. Like in high school football, no one's watching for entertainment. In college football, people are, we're seeing some changes there. But the NFL especially, man, that is a league that people watch the same way they watch a TV show or a a movie like that's entertainment and i wish it was viewed that way by the league as well okay logan writes in it's a long one um i, I try to give you a good answer here he says oh man logan says zach shack in oahu how are yohu that's a rough one logan but you tried your best brother i always shoot straight with the florida slash jaguars questions but i've got an advice question this time my brother tomorrow is my first day of college class as well I've already gotten my AA online at a community college when I was in high school, but tomorrow is my first day being in a college classroom in a big institution. He says, Troy University. 
And if you've got any advice on getting through college, hit me with it. I'm five hours from home, don't know many people, I'm introverted, so I'm not sure how to make friends that well. To make it worse, since I'm a freshman with an AA, I'll be the lone freshman in a class of juniors. Any tips, but um bum that is it. First of all, Logan, I, I, there's programs where you can go to community college for free in high school. I had no idea they existed. I wish I had. Now, part of why I didn't do that is because I was always planning to buy college football. I never was like, I need to get my AA in, in high school, but I wish I had. Shout out to you for doing that. That's really hard. It's very incredibly smart. My best friend did that, my friend Nathan. So well done for you. Um, I don't know if you asked for tips on college itself, but I do want to give you one. For school itself, organize everything. And it really helps to have a studying system. For me, like I had a notebook for every, I literally took um, a composition notebook. I took a composition notebook to every single class I took. And it was the same one. It was a red one. And whether I was in science or art class or entomology or astronomy or math, I took the same notebook to every single class. And it was just my chicken scratch, take every note I possibly can of that notebook, notebook. Every night I got home, and it was very labor-intensive, but it was worth it. I took the, the chicken scratch notes, and then I had a notebook for every single one of my classes, you know, like very different, differentiated, like even color-coordinated because I'm, I'm crazy. And I'd say, okay, let me find my notes from astronomy, for example, and I would rewrite my notes from astronomy in a more concise, clearer way in my dedicated astronomy notebook. And that process helped because writing with your hand helps you memorize stuff. And the more you deal with information, the better it is to memorize and the easier it is to memorize. And so I would just tra you know, transfer my notes from one notebook to another. That process helped me learn everything. Then every night I'd go back through my notebook and just skim through it, trying to memorize, like start to finish. Literally, it takes like 10 minutes to go, okay, yeah, this note, that note, that's just kind of skimming through to make sure I had retained the information I'd previously learned in the class. It sounds like a lot of work, and it was, but... If you do that work, you'll never have problem. You'll never need to cram for a, uh, a test, nothing like that. That really, really helped me. And you may not use my system, but use whatever system you can find that helps you best effectively and efficiently prepare for your classes because studying is, is not that... If you do like 10 minutes of studying a day, it can save you 10 hours of cramming later down the road. So continue to deal with all the information you've learned. And just the more you can revisit the information you've learned in the class, the less you're going to have to cram and study for later. So that's one thing. Uh, number two, Logan, you're at Troy. You're 18, I, I would assume, because you sound like you graduated high school. Do everything. Do everything you possibly can. It's crazy how much there is to do on a college campus. Probably less with COVID, but whether it's ultimate frisbee, ice cream stuff, movie night, like do it. There's, I, there are things I wish I could do now as an adult that were free to me in college that I didn't even take advantage of. And I'm like, ah, so I would just encourage you. You're at a massive university. I think part of why people look back at college and go, oh, best time of my life is because they had all these possibilities. And so I would just encourage you do everything you possibly can. Every activity, don't do crazy drugs, but like probably but, but don't like, just say yes to as much as you possibly can. Go have fun. Go to movie night. Go play ultimate frisbee. Go talk to that girl. Like do everything, experience all that you can. Because on a big university campus, they have all these activities, all these facilities. The gym is amazing. Like do everything you possibly can. Now here's my last bit of advice for finding friends. Number one, be yourself. Um, you don't want to have friends that you have to pretend to be something you're not all the time around. So be yourself. You want to find friends that like you for who you are, not for who you're pretending to be. 
now, make an effort, though. Don't be afraid of rejection. Go say hi to people. And then don't be discouraged by rejection. Where if someone says, if so you try to be friends with someone, it just doesn't work. Okay, that's one person out of like how many, like I, I, how many people go to Troy University? Probably a, a thousands. Okay, one person doesn't want to be your friend. There's another person and another person and another person. You'll probably find somebody who loves Florida football and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so don't be afraid to talk to people. Don't be afraid. They're probably not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to want to be your friend, but don't be afraid of rejection. And then also do not let that rejection discourage you from trying again when you're finding more friends. Logan, that's the best advice I could possibly come up with to help you. Um, good luck at Troy. That's awesome. Congratulations on going to college. And uh, man, you've already done half the work. You got your AA. So two more years, get your degree. I don't have a degree. I encourage you, go get one. It'll open up all kinds of possibilities you never knew you had before. Chris writes in final question of the day. He says, hey, Zach, as one of my favorite and most trusted quarterback analysts, I'm curious whether you think it is generally more beneficial for a young quarterback to sit behind an established starter a la Aaron Rodgers or to play early, take their lumps, but get valuable starting experience like Josh Allen. There are tons of examples and arguments for either side, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all the fantastic content, and good luck with the move. Uh, Chris, you kind of already said it. Like, there, there is no right way. Um, every situation is unique, and there's, you can come up with all kinds of... Aaron Rodgers sat for years behind Brett Favre, right? Jordan Love started... Or sorry, <laughs> Josh Allen started immediately in Buffalo. So there is no right way. Some, sometimes every situation is unique. Every quarterback progression has to be treated uh, with, as a case-by-case basis. And so uh, I like your question. I like your thought process. But the reality is there is no right way to do things. There is no best way to develop a quarterback. You have to do whatever's best for that guy at that time. And maybe also what's best for your team. Like maybe it's very possible the best thing for Jordan Love would have been to play day one. But that was not feasible because they had Aaron Rodgers. So you got to sometimes adapt to whatever is best for your team as well and roll with the punches. And so, um, yeah, Chris, it's a very short answer. Answer, answer. It's a very short answer to say that, that there just is no right answer to your question. It just, things are different and you got to treat every situation uh, with a case-by-case basis. Okay, uh, I want to acknowledge a couple things I thought I might cover in this episode that I, I'm not going to be able to, and I'm not going to dive deeply into. There are things that were on my notebook and I, I was writing about, but I just couldn't. I, I, for example, like I, number one is this, the Field of Dreams game looked phenomenal. It was the New York Yankees against the Chicago White Sox in Iowa in a cornfield. I'd never seen Field of Dreams. Uh, actually, the movie concept kind of sounds not that interesting to me. It's about a ghosts of baseball players it sounds very weird but people love it and i I gotta say the game got massive ratings it had a crazy good ending i watched like the final inning on youtube i've watched the the bottom of the ninth on youtube it was awesome uh i love the idea i was busy moving i did not get to sit down and watch the entire game like i would have liked but i want to acknowledge it because it looked and sounded like a really really awesome idea i hope major league baseball does more stuff like that down the road uh number two hard knocks uh Hard Knocks, the Dallas Cowboys are the team featured on the Hard Knocks this year. I watched about the first 15 minutes. I watched Dak Prescott talking about, um, you know, his brother's suicide and how he was really having a hard time not being able to play football, the thing he loves. And my first thought there was, I know, I understand how people can hate the Dallas Cowboys. That's fine. I do not really understand how anybody can hate Dak Prescott, their quarterback. He seems like a really good dude who seems like a really stand-up guy. I just don't know how you can root against... You can hate the team. 
I don't really understand how anybody hates the person. He seems like a too good of a person to root against. Um, but I, I actually did turn off Hard Knocks early. Part of it was I was stressed. I wanted to record. I wanted to get this out. I didn't want to watch two hours of Hard Knocks to try to catch up on the show. But first, I did a bit about Ezekiel Elliott wrapping a present for Dak Prescott. Then they did a segment about vasectomies. And I was like, look, I this is not the sports content I want right now. I was looking for something interesting to talk about on the show. And vasectomies just did not seem like an interesting time. Like, ah, I can't. I can't do this for two more hours. I, I, maybe I'll come back to it. I probably will. I'll get bored some night before bed. I'll watch Hard Knocks and catch up on it. But for now, I'm just not. Hard Knocks is not something I'm going to dive deeply into because it just could not hold my attention long enough. And that makes me sad because I love Hard Knocks normally. Um, I also want to, the third thing I, I kind of wanted to talk about today that I really didn't get time to re- visit, uh, Peyton Manning got enshrined in the NFL Hall of Fame I haven't watched his Hall of Fame speech. In fact, if anybody wants to hear me talk about it, feel free to write in. I, I might still cover it, but I, I, I just haven't watched it yet. Everyone said it was a good watch. You can look it up on YouTube, I'm sure. Um, it's also old news now. It just it's kind of come and gone, but I, I am interested in watching that at some point. I don't know if I'll cover it on the show, but I want to recommend anyone out there. Peyton Manning apparently gave a really interesting and fun Hall of Fame speech when uh, with his induction to the Hall of Fame. And so... Uh, I encourage anybody, if you're out there, feel free to look it up, go watch it. It's, I, I would assume it's on YouTube, and uh, that's something I didn't get to but thought about potentially covering on today's episode. Guys, that's all I have. Uh, it'll be The next episode will not be uh, <laughs> a long wait until then. Uh, I'll probably, I'm working on film analysis stuff still. I'm working on my season preview. I'm also trying to watch preseason stuff. My brother's actually in town in Hawaii right now. I want to see him tomorrow. Going to go kayaking with him. But I'm doing the best I can. The next episode will come probably next week, Monday or Tuesday. Until then, I love you. I appreciate you. But um, bum, bam, we are done.